Here's Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 119 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with another episode, man. I know I said I was probably going to take two weeks off, but I lied. I'm sorry. I lied. Um, that's good, though, man. That, that's very fortunate for you guys that I did lie. Um, I did take a week off. I'm back 11 days later, recording on February the 21st. You guys should get this episode tomorrow, February the 22nd, um, at the very latest. So it's possible you guys can get it tonight. But uh, worst case, man, uh, you'll get this episode on the 22nd, man. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We actually got a ton. And I'm actually stepping out of my bag a little bit, man. But I'm going to get back in my bag and, you know, sh sh showcase some more skills, man. I normally don't talk boxing on the podcast. It's pretty rare, I think. I've mentioned it here and there before, you know, with the Triple G Canelo, man. We, but we got Wilder and Fury 2 coming up tomorrow. Um, I want to talk about that. I'm actually going to leave the show with that. And we got uh, NFL. Um, the owners have presented a new CBA agreement. Um, but... You know, already the players are totally against it, which I understand. I'm going to touch on that. And I'm going to talk a little NBA, man. Uh, we all know about the exciting All-Star weekend that just happened. So I'm going to touch on that and probably touch on the current landscape of the NBA. So let's hop right into it, man. So we got this big fight tomorrow night. Um, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2. Um, first of all, let me say this. Um, so... I don't usually talk boxing, but 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 I'm, I'm more than capable and I'm, I'm more than equipped to do so, man. My late great-grandfather was uh, the former trainer for Sugar Ray Leonard, and he also trained Mike Tyson for a little bit. Um, I do got a picture with Mike Tyson when I was young, actually. But um, so it's, it's in my blood automatically. It's in my blood and also continuing his legacy. Um, my uncle, Clean Jacobs, he's also a trainer right now. And also my aunt Candy Jacobs, she's she's definitely still involved in the scene um, with Gary Russell, all all of the Russells. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, so my, my family's in it. Um, my late great grandfather was a part of it for many many years um, as a former boxer himself uh, before he became a trainer. And like I said, trained Sugar Ray Leonard as well as Mike Tyson and uh, you know several others, obviously. But yeah, man, this fight. I think it's going to be really, really epic, man. Um, if it's anything like the first one, obviously it's going to be epic, man. We already hearing stuff uh, like Tyson Fury says he's going to knock out Deontay Wilder in two rounds. He's lying just to the people. It's all hype, man. It's all, you know, it's all promo talk. You know what I'm saying? It's like that WWE promo talk where they just be saying stuff. But I, I strongly doubt that he'll knock him out in two. I mean, it, I'm not saying it can't happen. I just, just don't see it. Um... But when I look at these two fighters, man, when I look at the last fight, man, Tyson Fury pretty much outboxed Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a, he's a knockout artist, and he doesn't have a lot of technique. He really just throws punches and throws haymakers, so you don't want to catch those. And Tyson Fury did catch one uh, in the first fight. But you don't want to end up on the wrong side of those because, like I say, he doesn't have a lot of technique. He's not really a boxer. He's more of a knockout artist, um, a haymaker thrower. And all of that type of stuff, man. But um, he, he is very entertaining, man. Um, he has 39 knockouts out of his 40 fights. Um, that's 40 victories, I'm sorry. Um, so he 
He's more than capable of knocking people out. Um, on the flip side, Tyson Fury, he's definitely more than capable of knocking people out. He has 19 career knockouts. Um, so, so he can do it too, man. But I'm really, really excited for this fight because if it's anything like the first time, man, it's going to be great. Like I mentioned before, Tyson Fury outboxed Deontay Wilder for 11 rounds until Deontay Wilder knocked Tyson Fury out down in the 12th. And Tyson Fury got up like The Undertaker in that fight. Um, and it was crazy, man. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, both of these fighters have had a couple of fights since their last fight, since their fight back in 2018. Um, Tyson Fury has fought Tom Schwartz, and he won by TKO. And then he also beat Otto Wallen um, last year in September. His last fight was in September, and he beat him by unanimous decision. Um, on the flip side for Deontay Wilder, his last two fights have ended in knockouts. Um, he knocked out... Dominic Brazil, and he also knocked out Luis Ortiz, man. That knockout uh, for that Ortiz fight was crazy because it kind of happened out of nowhere. Like, if you blinked, you would have missed it. <laughs> it happened just like that. Um, so, I mean all of this to say, man, I'm really, really looking forward to this fight. It should be a good one. Uh, I'll definitely be tuned in. So, hey, man, you guys got to find a fight party to get to, man. Watch it somewhere. Um, Dave and Buster's, Buffalo Wild Wings. Y'all got to get somewhere. Y'all got to get in front of the TV, uh, stream it if you have to. But I strongly encourage everyone to check this fight out because it's going to be a slobber knocker, as my boy B. Jones just texted me and said. So make sure y'all check it out, man. Wilder and Fury Part 2. So moving on to the NFL, um, the owners have offered up a new, a new CBA. And in this CBA entails... Um, quite a few things, man. Uh, they want to expand the regular season from 16 games to 17 games. And they also want to expand the playoff format and add an additional team to each conference. Um, players such as J.J. Uh, Watt have already said hard pass, but no. Um, uh, Richard Sherman said to rip it up. Um, I believe he's the president of the Players Association. Um, he's not he's not for it. Um, I kind of feel like this is a ploy to get the owners money um, because fans would love an expanded um, playoff format. Definitely. I mean, you would see teams um, you would definitely see more mediocre teams get in, but you will see probably I think this will benefit teams such as the Cowboys who are seem to always be on the bubble of making the playoffs, but they just always get eliminated in dramatic fashion. I believe this format exists. They probably would have made it. Um, so, with that being said, there's pros and cons to it. And I'm going to give you a few pros and cons that I think are pros and cons. So, I'm going to give you a couple, man. Because there's always good and bad to all of it. Me, personally, I don't think that... I personally like it the way it is, man. I really do. Um, because you get to see teams that didn't make the playoffs, how they come how they come next season, how they approach the draft, how they approach free agency, how they, you know, approach the entire offseason. And we get to see, you know, what happens. And then we often have surprises of teams who didn't make it last year. They ended up making it the next year, like the Buffalo Bills. They made the playoffs. Tennessee Titans, they made the playoffs, ended up playing in the AFC Championship. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we, we there's always going to be great stories regardless and I, I don't I don't I don't really like it, man. I don't really like the idea of expanding it. 
I mean, the wild card weekend for sure would definitely be lit. That would be a huge pro. Um, wild card weekend would be fun. But then when you look at it, you would also be um, taking away a team that gets a first round bye. Only the team with the best record in each conference would get a bye week. Um, so that's a con um, if you're second place because you're not really fighting for anything. I mean, you're going to be fighting for obviously home field in the wild card round, but. You're not going to be fighting for a bye anymore if you if you're second through you know seventh. So I'm going to just read you guys a couple of pros and cons that I came up with, and yeah, we're going to go on with that. So the huge pro is obviously something I just touched on. We will have two more wild card games, two more games on a on a, on a wild card weekend. So like I said, the current playoff format has 12 teams in it, and then. We'll have two more games because an additional team will be added and there will only be one bye per conference. So, yeah, the wild card weekend will be fun, but I just, I kind of like it the traditional way. And I know sometimes you have to tweak things and change rules. And the NFL has definitely done a lot of rule changes. Um, even though that pass interference, they implemented it to be challenged, but it's still been pretty trash. But that's neither here or there. But um yeah, we have two more games on Wild Card Weekend, and Wild Card Weekend is always a pretty exciting weekend. Um, so yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, the cons are two more games in a less relevant regular season. So what that means is, I guess in a way games matter more, but games would also matter less um, because now we have twelve out of thirty-two teams to make the playoffs. But now you will up that number. To 14 out of 32 and then um yeah that would be almost 50 percent of the teams in the league making the playoffs and that doesn't bode well for too much fun like i said it's exciting because you get to see a team fall off and a team bounce back i.e the buffalo bills tennessee titans we just saw what they did green bay packers missed the playoffs the season before although i have my thoughts about the packers um the san francisco 49ers as well took the league kind of by storm and made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I just think it, it, it there is some excitement, but in my personal opinion, it's less exciting. Um, moving on. A pro. We got more teams that are involved in the playoff race through Week 17. So normally, like, you kind of really know what it is around Week 16, Week 17. Week 17, this team, such and such, is already out of it. They're already mathematically eliminated. But if this were to go through and we had more games, then teams would be in it all the way to the very end pretty much. So that would kind of be cool. It will make the regular season a little bit more interesting. So I guess. Another con would be uh, mediocre teams in the playoffs. I do think the Cowboys are they're, they're right in that mediocre tier, but I think they're a little bit above that. But you will probably see mediocre competition in the playoffs. And we all saw the deficiencies that the Cowboys had this past season. They were challenged. And not just them, man, but we might have saw a team like the Steelers get in considering all those injuries that they had, man. They had Duck Hodges starting some games, but Mason Rudolph was also there as well. Um, So... Just based on you know current circumstances, there will be mediocre teams in the playoffs. Um, my last pro is 
Well, it's, it's kind of a pro and a con. There would be more incentive to fight for that number one seed because you would be the only team in the entire conference to get a bye. But the downside is, how do teams feel that they, they got the um, second seed? The Chiefs were one of the teams who got the second seed. And they got a bye. Um, they got guys like Chris Jones healthy. Um, they, they, I mean, I feel like teams need that rest. They need that extra bye and... Yeah, man, a team like the Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl, they wouldn't have had a buy under this current proposed format. So um, that's just something interesting to look at and it's something something to think about, man. I, I'm, I'm against it. I still kind of don't know how I feel about it. But if I were to have a vote on it, I would say no. Just keep it the way it is. It's definitely more entertaining. Um, the reason why the NFL is so great is because every week matters. And you would just be adding on another week. Um, although that could be exciting, players might be against that because, you know, the football season is such a grueling and long season and rigorous and wear and tear on your body. So, I don't know, man. But me, I would just say keep things the way it is. So, let's go over to last week. And um, last weekend, rather, and to the NBA. So I'm really just going to touch on it, man. Last weekend was a really, really fun weekend in the NBA. Um, Rising Stars game was cool. Didn't watch the celebrity game, but I seen some uh, clips of Stephen A. Smith. He was coaching. And he actually got a technical, which which I thought was very, very funny. Um, Then, you know, we had Rising Stars, as I mentioned. I didn't really watch too much. Um, But Saturday was a pretty lit pretty lit night, man. I still think we got to move that three-point shootout to the last event, but this dunk contest was pretty lit, but I mean, we're not going to get one of those, we're not going to get a really, really good one every year. Um, so yeah, but uh, Saturday night was pretty lit. Um, we had Bam out of Bayou winning the skills challenge, and then in the three-point shootout, we had Buddy Hill coming through in the clutch, um, beating Devin Booker in the three-point shootout in that final round. Um, but that 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 um that event was pretty good, man. You had to get like 22 or 23 just to advance to the next round, which I thought was cool. I like that they implemented that Mountain Dew ball for extra shots. So I think the three-point contest is going to get way more fun when Steph and Clay come back, man. And even a KD, because KD could shoot it. So it would be, it'd be cool to see all three of those guys in the contest. But this one was good, man. Uh, we got guys like Davis Bertans in the contest. Trey Young was bad, but... He just had a 50-piece last night, so I can't really judge him too much. Um, but, yeah, man, overall, that three-point contest was really good. The dunk contest was really lit, man. We had uh, Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon, and it ended with some controversy, man. I, Me, personally, I thought it should have been a tie. Um, just give a co-winner and call it a day because, I mean, the dunks they were putting on were, were really, really remarkable, man. Um, so, I thought... They should have just ended that one in the tie. But, uh, hey, man, I guess shout out to Derrick Jones Jr. I wanted Aaron Gordon to win, but if he would have at least ended in the tie, I don't think if Aaron Gordon would have came out and said he's done with the dunk contest, man, because he he, he's entitled to feel how he feels, man. And, yeah, he's entitled to feel that he got robbed, and in some ways he did. Um, But Sunday's event, the big event, man, we had the game itself – which was actually really, really good. Um, the intensity of it picked up in the third quarter, but the fourth quarter was a sight to see. And if you missed out, man, 
Uh, go watch it on YouTube or something, man. Um, it was lit. Um, I love how they did um, the winner of each quarter. Um, I got to donate to a charity that uh, LeBron and Giannis got to choose. Um, for Chicago, um, those foundations in Chicago. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, also, um, I like how those points got to carry on. And then there was 24 added to the team who led after the third quarter, which was Team Giannis. And the target score ended up being plus 24, which is in remembrance of Kobe Bryant. And that ended up being the target score. The target score ended up being 157 because Team Giannis had 133 points after the third. I'm kind of just touching on this, man. I know a lot of people have talked about it, but I just wanted to give my thoughts real quick, man. Just talk about how much I loved it. But I thought it was cool, man. CB3, um, he had an input on this format. And uh, well done, Chris Paul. Well, well done. Um so I loved it, man. I loved it. We got to see players playing real defense. Uh, Giannis blocked LeBron twice. Uh, LeBron got him back. Um, uh, the It was just so cool because the fourth quarter, they were playing without time. They were just playing to 157. And I thought it was, I thought it was really dope, man. I thought it was really dope, man. But in this game, it came down to... Team LeBron just having guys that could create their own shot, pretty much. Nothing against Giannis, uh, but he's great in space, great in transition. Um, he doesn't quite have a really, I'm just going to say consistent half-court game. Cause I'm not going to say he doesn't have one at all, but he doesn't really have a consistent one. Nick Nurse, who was the coach um, of, excuse me, of Team Giannis, uh, I thought he left his guys out there a little too long. Kyle Lowry. Um yeah, man, it was it was more players on that bench that he could that could get you a bucket. Even a guy like uh, Jimmy Butler uh, can get you a bucket. A uh, Brandon Ingram could go get you a bucket. Um, I thought he should have mixed things up, but I mean, it was an All Star game, man. You live and you learn. I probably would have started my guys too, but I can't I can't really say I wasn't in the situation. But uh, that game capped off a very great All Star weekend, man. I loved all the tributes to Kobe. Um, they were great. Jennifer Hudson did her thing. Um, Shaka Khan, she didn't, however, but <laughs> that's neither here or there. But All-Star Weekend was pretty fun, man. But real quick, let's talk about the landscape of the NBA right now. And I'm just going to go really, really fast because uh, it's something to be talked about, man. Um, but news coming out of Brooklyn yesterday is Kyrie Irving, who only had started, played and started in 20 games this year, is out for the remainder of the season. He got season-ending shoulder surgery, so he is out. And, I mean, let's just be honest. This year was kind of a wait, a wash anyways for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, obviously without Kevin Durant. Um, but the Nets, in a small sample size, were 8-12 and 12 with him. And they're 17 and 17 without him. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Teams do perform better with Kyrie, or at least about the same. But in the Celtics case, um, they're better without him. <laughs> um, but let's read, let's read real quick, man. Let's go through these teams. We'll start with the East. We got the Milwaukee Bucks, who are leading the NBA with the best record. And they have the most wins. They're 47 and 8. And this team honestly could win 70 games if they go for it. If they go for it, they could. 
Um, in second place, right behind them is the Toronto Raptors, a team who, up to this point, was on a 16-game win streak. Um, but they did lose. But they 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 were on a roll, man. They they won 16 straight, and people were not talking about it at all, at all. They were going under. The, I don't even know how you could go under the radar with 16 wins, man. If, if the Clippers were doing this or if the Lakers were doing this, man, it would get way more pub. But shout out to the Raptors, man. Um, I didn't think they would be this good. I thought they would still be a relevant playoff team. Um, but shout out to Nick Nurse and that culture staff uh, and that culture, man. Uh, shout out to Pascal Siakam, who has improved. Um, but, yeah, shout out to the Raptors, man. They're sitting at 40 and 15 in second place in the Eastern Conference. In third place, we have the Boston Celtics, who are 38 and 16. Uh, they've been solid, man. I've been impressed. I've been impressed with Jason Tatum, who's improved. Jalen Brown, who's improved. Um, I like that, man. I really do. I really like it. Um, they still have a chance. Um, the East is still wide open, even though I still think that the Bucks have the best chance to come out. But uh, don't sleep on Boston, man. In fourth place, uh, the Miami Heat, a team who they got some, they got some guys, man. And I feel like the team is sort of embracing the persona of Jimmy Butler, man. You got a lot of guys who play with a chip on their shoulder. Jimmy Butler, he has that swag, that attitude. Um, I like what I've seen from guys like Tyler Hero, um, the rookie out of Kentucky, or Bam out of Bayou, who just, who's having a really good season and who just made an all-star appearance uh, for the first time. Um, I like it, man. I really, I really like what I've seen from the Heat, man, because I didn't think the Heat were going to be very good, but they proved me wrong. In fifth place, the 76ers sitting at 35-21. and 21. This team is disappointing, man. It's disappointing because they, they should just be better. You got guys like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, two all-stars in this league. I just I just don't get it, man. Now, hopefully something changes in the playoffs, but I just don't see it. I really don't. I don't even think these guys have that on and off switch. I I just don't. Uh, but they're sitting at fifth place, 35 and 21. Sixth place, the Indiana Pacers, 32 and 23, man. They've been... They've been all right, man. I like how they stayed above water without Victor Oladipo, who just came back a few weeks ago. Um, DeMontis Sabonis made the all-star team for the first time in his career. Um, he's been pretty good. Uh, they got guys like Malcolm Brogdon. Miles Turner is still there. Um, once Victor Oladipo gets back into game shape, I think this team will be um, tough for whoever they play in the playoffs. Um, seven seed, the Brooklyn Nets, a team I just talked about briefly. They're 25 and 29. They, they, if the players were to start today, they'll be at the seventh seed. Um, they're just KD and Kyrie away. I don't really have too many thoughts about it, but I do like the gritty style that they play. Um, young up-and-coming team. I like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, uh, Jared Allen, those guys. Joe Harris still there as well. I do like those guys. And the eighth seed, the Orlando Magic, man. Um... I've watched a couple of Magic games. I watched them when they played the Lakers. I watched them when they played the Wizards. Um, I like what I've seen, man. And I actually played with this team on 2K in my career. Um, but I like these guys, man. Uh, they're, just, they're just young. Really, really young, man. Vucevic is the old guy there. Him and Fournier. Uh, Aaron Gordon is still there. Jonathan Isaac. Markel Fultz, um, who has impressed me. And he's been good in spots this year. Uh, shout out to Markel. Um, 
I like what I've seen from him, man. This is kind of like his real rookie season. Um, he just got that 82 games under his belt. Um, but this is his first time, man. And I'm just happy that the guy's playing. And he's out there, man. So, shout out to Markel, man. Shout out to Orlando Magic. Um, outside looking in the Washington Wizards, I think they should just tank. But they're not going to. So, I guess I should quit asking. <laughs> uh, they're 20 and 33 behind them. Charlotte, 19 and 36. Bulls, 1937. Um, Detroit 19 and 39, Knicks 17 38, Hawks 16 and 41. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the worst team in the Eastern Conference at 14 and 40. Moving on to the West, man, we got the Los Angeles Lakers who are 41 and 12. Man, uh, what I've seen from them, man, I just wish they would have got Iguodala. I do like the team, I do love the makeup, I do love, um, LeBron and AD have been everything as advertised, especially Anthony Davis. Um, I like it, man. I like the resurgence that we've seen from Dwight Howard, who's been good. I do love him. He's been a great story around the league. Um, this team has got some really good chemistry, man. I, I watched the Marcus Cousins on all the Smoke podcasts um, with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, and he was just saying how they have really good chemistry. And you can see it, man. You can see it in the pictures they post, LeBron post, Kuzma post. Um, those Lakers players, man, they genuinely seem like they're really, really enjoying playing with each other and playing for each other, man. And there's also a rumor that DeMarcus Cousins could return in the playoffs. So I'll be interested to see uh, how that plays out. In second place, we have the Denver Nuggets sitting at 38-17. and 17. Um, I just... I like the players on the Nuggets. They have some nice players, but I just don't think Nikola Jokic could be the best player on a on a contending team. I just don't. You look at guys like look at teams, not even guys. You look at teams in their own conference. Um, you got LeBron James is the best player on the Lakers, and Anthony Davis is the best player on some nights. Jokic isn't touching either one of those guys. You got the Houston Rockets with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You got the Los Angeles Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, obviously. Uh, and on the flip side, man, uh, Jokic ain't touching Giannis. Um, so straight like that, man. But uh, I do like this team. Uh, Mike Malone is a good coach. Uh, I like the talent that they have, but... I think last year was about their ceiling, man, honestly. Uh, that game seven with Portland in that thrilling series. Uh, in third place, we got the Clippers right on their heels at 37 and 18. I think this team is good. They just picked up Reggie Jackson. Nice little pickup for them. But uh, they got to get that chemistry together, man. Um, Lou Williams, at times, he has the ball. And you got Kawhi Leonard here. You got Paul George here. The chemistry just isn't quite there yet. Maybe they can get it right by the playoff time. There's still plenty of time left. Um, Kawhi and PG haven't played a boatload of games together yet, so there's still time, but I mean, these are two guys who are very similar type of players, and they probably like to operate in the same places on the floor, um, but the chemistry just isn't quite there yet. You still got to integrate Marcus Morris and even Reggie Jackson, who I just mentioned, but I think the Clippers will be fine, man. I still think conference finals will come down to the Lakers and the Clippers. Who will win? I do not know. Um, next, we got the Utah Jazz at 36 and 18. Um, I like the Jazz, man. I like their talent. But again, um, my example with the the Denver Nuggets, I just don't think that Donovan Mitchell can be the best player on a contending team. He could be a good two or a damn good three, but uh, I don't think he could be the best player. I mean, you got Rudy Gobert, but um, their issue is 
perimeter defense. Joe Ingles isn't stopping anybody, and neither is uh, Bogdanovich. He's not stopping anybody. Donovan Mitchell isn't the greatest defender. They really just have Rudy Gobert as far as guys who play defense, and he's a defensive anchor. Nothing against him. He made the all-star team. He's averaging like 14 and 14 and like three blocks, so I do like that Jordan Clarkson pickup, though, for the Jazz, man. If you know me, J.C., you been my guy since he was on the Lakers, bounced around a little bit, was on the Cavaliers. Now he's on the Jazz, man. Um, but he's a bucket getter. Um, in fifth place, we have the Houston Rockets. Uh, I just talked about this team a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the trade deadline. I believe the last time I did an episode, um, trade deadline recap. But this style of play is interesting, man. Really, really small. Um, we see James Harden getting the jump ball. Um, they picked up Robert Covington in the trade. Um, they sent Capella out. Um, I, w- I just want to see how that style of play works in the playoffs, man. Nothing against them. I just want to see how the style works. Um, in sixth place, the Oklahoma City Thunder. This team has been good. Um, better than I thought. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a candidate for most improved. He's been really, really good. Um, Chris Paul. Um, kind of having a resurgent year. Um, he he got the got the Thunder playing good, man. I mean, I think they're just going to be a fun first-round exit. But uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, they'd definitely be a first-round exit if they played the Clippers today. But I like what I've seen from the Thunder, man. I like it. Um, seven seed, the Dallas Mavericks. The playoffs for the start of the day, the Dallas Mavericks would be in it. Um, Porzingis and Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic has been absolutely spectacular. The Mavericks were better. If they had a better record, Luka would definitely be a top candidate for MVP. But it's still Giannis and it's still LeBron. Um, I like their team, but I don't know, man. My guy Xavier Wary alluded to the other day on his podcast that Porzingis is taking too many threes. And I agree, man. You would like to see a 7'2 guy down on the block in the paint a little bit more. As he should be, man. He He's supposed to be a unicorn, supposed to be a beast. See, but I think he shoots too many threes. The, the Dallas Mavericks themselves, they take a ton of threes. They're one of the um, high volume of shooting, three, three-point shooting teams in the league. They're up there with uh, Houston and stuff like that. Um, they take a lot of threes, man. They live and die by it, man. But when they're on, they are on. Um, in the eighth seed, if the playoffs were to start today, we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, John Morant has been sensational this rookie season. He has been as good as advertised. Um, I I saw him play one of his first games of the season. He just did a simple move. I said, I text my boy there. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He he has that type of ability. And the culture of Memphis, they've been good. Uh, They're a young bunch. Uh, John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Brandon Clark. They're a nice young bunch, man. But they're really, really fun to watch. So, shout-out to the Grizzlies. On the outside looking in, the Portland Trailblazers, a team that I said peaked last year, they will miss the playoffs if it's begun today. Um, Damon Lillard, the general, is out. Uh, he's been spectacular over the last month, month and a half. He's been really good, but he is now out of injury for a little bit, for about another week. Um, but he'll be fine. I don't know if the Blazers will be fine, though, man. They're going to have to put together some wins to really get in. Man. Honestly, I don't want them to get in. Because if they make the playoffs, they're going to give the Lakers a tough first round. <laughs> so, I'm going to say that. I'm behind them. The 23-31 and 31 San Antonio Spurs, a team who has always been a model of consistency. But their personnel has finally caught up. And um, well, I should say the personnel of other teams has finally caught up, man. They just don't have the talent anymore. They just don't have the 
the pillars and the Hall of Fame talent they are accustomed to having. Um, they just don't have it no more, man. LaMarcus Aldridge is getting up there in age. Rudy Gay um, getting up there as well. Um, yeah, man. They got, they're they going to figure something out, though. Uh, the Pelicans, 23-32, uh, behind them. Uh, I've been impressed with what I've seen from Zion. I just want to see more. Uh, people saying she won't work it here. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. John Moran's been doing big things all year, and his team very well may make the playoffs. But I like what I've seen from Zion. Uh, behind them, the Sacramento Kings, a team who I thought would be better. But that's neither here or there. Behind them, the Suns at 22-33. and 33. Behind them, it's the 16-37 and 37 lowly Minnesota Timberwolves. They suck. They suck. And Carl Anthony Towns may shut it down. Um, and then behind them is the 12 and 44 Golden State Warriors. We all know about them. Stephen Clay out. Um, they got Andrew Wiggins. So it's a wash season for them, similar to the Brooklyn Nets. So we just got to see what happens next season. And that's just about it, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for rocking with your boy. I want to thank everyone for the continued love and support. I know I touched on a lot of things. I covered a lot. Um, didn't really touch on the Astros. I kind of touched on that a minute ago, but a punishment should happen to the players. It seems like they're going to get a slap on the wrist, and that's just downright wrong. Um, we've seen them win a, win a World Series, cheating the Dodgers out. On two, they took a MVP from Aaron Judge. So, yeah, man, I think a punishment needs to happen, man, to the players. But I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for the continued love and support. I'm your guy, I'm your host, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 119 is done. Peace.